Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sophie. I'm Yelly. And this is She's All Fat. The podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. And this week, the podcast where we're all in separate rooms making dating profiles and catfishing and stuff, and Michelle Buteau is the host. Okay, so basically you mean our guest is Sean Taylor from The Circle. That is what I mean. I am obsessed with Sean, and I loved talking to her about fat media exposure. Love that. Let's first head over to our news corner. Okay, first things first. Breaking news. We're still taking your calls about bathroom, hashtag just fat things. We've heard some good stuff from those of you who have called so far, and we want more. Our voicemail box is 213-375-5023, and it is open for all your calls. I'm trying to think of a bathroom joke. Hold on to that thought. Yelly, what's happening on the Patreon this week? Well, Team Paisley Moo Moo patrons have access to our Facebook group, where folks are talking about online shopping wrecks and our super fun cozy journaling sesh last weekend. Mm. And as always, our patrons are getting a bonus SAF mini-sode every week. This season, our bonus mini-sodes are all Fatty Film School episodes where I bring on a guest to chat with me about fat rep and fat phobia in movies and TV. This week's mini is Me and You, Yelzoid, and we're talking about our fave ogre, Shrek. Sign up at patreon.com slash she's all fat pod for access to all of our fatty film school episodes and more. Ding, ding, ding. That's the sports bell to tell you that March madness is happening on she's all fat. Family, this March, we are bringing you March media fatness. That's right. Four weeks of all things fat media to close out season six. Just letting you know in case you want to make a bracket of things that are good for the fats. Fat, fat, fat. Meet March, March, March! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now here's the episode. Okay, family, I'm here with Sean Taylor, influencer and the circle mastermind extraordinaire to talk about fat rep and media going viral and how to protect fat bodies, our fat bodies, from the haters. Welcome to the show, Sean. Hey, I love Circle Mastermind. That was a fun introduction. Hell yeah. You are <laughs> our fat ally on, on Circle. We were all like, oh yeah, look, there's that cute fat chick. Aww. And all I think about when I think about you on the Circle is you in the hot tub, like dictating to the computer screen words. Like it's such a bizarre situation. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's a really weird show. And so funny now being like in 
the pandemic. Like, who yes. would have known who that video known? chat would be our whole life? Uh, now I just imagine you, you like, have your arms back, you, like, look all cute in the hot tub, and you're like, uh, whatever you call it, do you say computer? Is that what you had to Circle. say? Circle. Message. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's been my whole pandemic. I've actually been stuck here in the oh hot tub God. since the circle. Wow. <laughs> I wow. haven't changed my pink swimsuit. <laughs> Honestly, wish I could be in the hot tub. I like that would be my ideal thing right now. Be in a hot tub and be like, Siri, blah, 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 blah. Do this <sighs> for me. <laughs> With a little like tropical cocktail. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Wouldn't it be fun? Mm-hmm. One day. Anyways, <laughs> aside from being our circle mastermind extraordinaire, tell the family a little bit about your work and your other connections or thoughts about fat justice. Okay. If we do like a big rewind and then fast forward, <laughs> I I went to school actually for theater for acting and in like my last semesters before getting my degree I was like wait a minute I can't see myself actually doing this which is a great discovery to have right before you're getting a degree mainly because I was always playing people's moms I've been playing people's moms since I was like you know 12 me too yeah (laughs) or you're just you know like the funny fat friend the maid the whatever right and that was kind of really when I got sucked into like the body positive fat liberation you know like space online and it just suddenly clicked it was like oh my god this is gonna be the way that I might get to be creative and not have to always shrink myself or dumb myself down so I knew I was gonna move to New York City and thought it was gonna be to I don't know try to be an actor but instead I just like wanted to get my foot in the door in any way of in part of like the big like plus size fashion moment that was like kind of happening at that time like Ashley Graham had just done something big at the moment (laughs) she's always doing something (laughs) so I ended up getting a job as a plus size stylist and then I ended up working my way up to be a plus size social media manager and that's when I randomly got a DM one day that was like hey you want to come be on a reality show and I was like are you sure this is not a scam I was skeptical for a while but it turns out it was not a scam that's so funny yeah I would also have been skeptical for a long time because also especially in LA you see like Facebook ads or like you know people recruiting for shows all the time for that kind of thing but it's not it's not usually for something like the circle it's for like some episode of some show where they just need to churn people in and out you know what I mean right yeah well I mean especially having someone dming you about a show you've never heard of the moment where I was like am I in danger was when I flew to LA for like the interview audition thing and they wouldn't tell me the address of where we were going oh my god <laughs> and i was like may or may not be human trafficking jesus christ we'll <laughs> you're see. like i flew across country to my death <laughs> it's fine and then the and then the circle becomes like a like a tom cruise movie where they're trying to find you yeah. in the depths of whatever the circle was yeah yep so yeah then the circle happened and that was crazy yeah and now we're here (laughs) and what do you do now what's your current stuff uh so now i quit the social media nine to five job i've been doing the content creation thing on my own 
Giving yeah. that a try. It's been a fun transition. Hell yeah. <laughs> what do people get, like, content-wise when they follow you on various uh, platforms? Okay, I love to talk about recently. I feel like there's not enough fat representation of gals with, like, big bellies and little yes. booties out there. Yes. And I think so many people out there, in my experience from, like, styling people, are so stuck thinking, like, okay, the, well, then there's nothing for me to wear. Or how do I hide this? How do I whatever? Yes, yeah. yes. And so I... Um, talk about finding options for people with our body type. Yeah. And my dog, Burger, the French bulldog, he's a Love delight. Burger. I check in on everyone's moods every Monday. Cute. That's me in a nutshell. That's so sweet. <laughs> and then are you on TikTok? Yeah. You I do am some on talks, TikTok. Right? Uh, it's funny, like the the difference in my TikTok versus my Instagram. What's because, the difference? Well, as someone who very recently got like a rapid like growth and following, I just really like shit posting, and I miss that. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> I have like seventy thousand followers on TikTok, but I'm like, I just need a space to rage still. Yes, and TikTok is is more open to that because it's yes. more gen. Z people who are open to that and also that's more the vibe on there is just like shit posting at the moment yeah it's the best place right now it's the only social media app I have on my phone because I don't post anything oh really oh (laughs) interesting well because I'm still on my I went I went on a social media break starting last year when I had some personal life stuff happen and you know I have Lynn and Yelly to do social for the team which means I can just be like post this without really like having to do the hard parts of social for me which are like yeah. I can't stop looking at my phone. I can't stop like scrolling through this. I don't want to be on it anymore. Even, you know, blah, blah. And of right. course, like I miss the, I miss the like fun, good things about it. Like I really miss chatting, having like nice combos with the family, just like randomly talking to people. Yes. And I miss like seeing what my friends are up to, but I have noticed that my mental health is so much better. Just like everyone else says that it would yeah. be. So I like to consume all my friends' content on TikTok, it's perfect for me because I love being on there because I don't post and nobody follows me so I can just consume. It's like YouTube for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so nice. I love that for you. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, it's really interesting because in many ways, like social media is a way that fat movements in various ways have been able to find a lot of growth, you know, and a lot of like new people and spread info and stuff. But at the same time, it can cause this like burnout like I experienced for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, especially for yeah someone where you have found a community and affirming community online where you are not seeing that maybe anywhere else in your real life it's interesting just how complicated that relationship is with being online like something that I have noticed that I've had to like work on a lot is like I don't know if you deal with this too but like when there's like drama in the fatosphere yes I'm dealing with it all in my phone and I'm all on my phone and I'm like in my head and I'm like edgy and like distracted in real life and it doesn't like occur to me to be like oh some big shit's going down right now (laughs) you know what I mean like your whole world gets is like on a screen in some ways that makes it really hard to I feel like physiologically kind of process what's happening to you 
Yeah, but then at the same time, it's like, but that's your connection. There's so much place for, like, learning and representation and, like, discourse where you learn a lot, right? Yes. I mean, there's many essays that I will post a couple in the the show notes or I'll tell them too. But there's many essays already about, like, how online is real life. But it is always wild when I'm on social and have become very upset about something or another that's happening. You know, maybe not even that I'm involved in, but in the fattest like you're saying Mm -hmm. and then I try to tell Victor about it my boyfriend and he's not on Instagram and he never has been and then I realize I sound absolutely nuts I'm like well this person's story highlight about this blah 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 and then that person and then this and he's like what and I'm like listen it actually does really matter but like it doesn't matter but like it does really matter yeah, you no, know? it's like you're describing like a cross between it, like a TV show and a dream to yes, someone else. But yeah. that's, but with ones with actual effects on people's like earning potential. Like it's bizarre, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, and then just being online, especially being someone who's very online, it, it's, it's just, I mean, it is garbage for your mental health overall. But then also I'm finding tools to cope with like stuff that I need to cope with. It's like 70 30 bad good and the good (laughs) stuff is really 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 good. It's just that there's some bad stuff that's like very pointed bad stuff like trolls are bad. People coming after you is bad. People hyper focusing on everything you do and criticizing you is bad. But in general I think the badness of social media has more to do with like you know, the stuff in that documentary or like the general feeling that I have of not being able to look away of being over my head. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the bad, the worst part for me. Yeah. And so far, I mean, I will have to go back on social at some point, first of all, because like, you know, I like talking to my friends and also because like I'm planning to write a book. And so I'll need to be on social to do promo for that, yeah. et cetera. But like having the break has really like helped me to see because before all I could see was like, I love talking to people on here. I love seeing what everyone else is doing. It's helped my career so much to be on here. Blah, blah. Like, this is how I learned about fat positivity and, like, all this stuff, you know? Yes. One thing I think about a lot is how I wish the fatosphere had more private ways to have more conversations. Like, if we – if, like, more people who were not, – not that I'm, like, you know, the plebes can't talk, but I'm, like, I wish there were more circles yes. for us to – to for fat – creators and fat writers to chat because it's mostly all in public you know what I mean yes and also like what does that do for your processing of this information and processing like you know just your feelings on this because it's very easy to be like a voyeur to some of this stuff and just like consume a lot of this media but then not have some like a safe space to talk about it with people who are on your level like so so crucial Yes. Yeah, I think those spaces need to be built more, especially for people who are doing kind of activism stuff or some of the like, you know, the harder stuff. And maybe those exist. I'm just not plugged into plugged into them. But that was one of the reasons that I found it relieving to step away was like in between all the great convos with people. There are also convos where I have to like set my boundaries over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And then I'm exhausted. And then I'm like, 
why am I exhausted? I talk to somebody I don't even know and they don't even follow me, you know, for yes. two hours. Like, yes. which, and then I, and then I'm like, but it was worth it if it changed their mind. And then I'm like, but now I mix up. Like, it just is hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not as well defined, relegated, mitigated as other stressful things in my life, you know? Yes. And it's so easy to trivialize that. Like, it's like, oh, well, just disengage. Right. Like, don't engage with the trolls. Right. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, like, no shit. But also, like, I've been trying to, like, validate my own experience in some ways. Like, I really do try to, like, not engage as much as I can. But sometimes it is just, like, a rock in your shoe to be misunderstood by someone, you know, and just have them say that to you. Yes. In my head, it relates to the thing that I talked to Aubrey Gordon about Mm -hmm. in our episode about her new book, where I forget the term she made up, but where it's, like, a fat person tells a thin person about an experience where the, uh, somebody was mean to them because they were fat or rude to them because they were fat and the thin mm-hmm. person's like, well, maybe it was because of, like, this or that or they didn't mean it. Yes. Like, the same thing happens mm-hmm. with, like, DM or with that kind of thing where it's like, well, just ignore the trolls. And it's like, you don't understand. It's like the soup. It's the soup of the whole yes. thing. <laughs> like, yes. you can't just ignore it. You're swimming in it, you yes. know? And it's like, yeah, setting those boundaries is so important yeah I've been really trying to work on when I'm in those stressful moments or like someone just says something and it activates me to like try to feel it out or like like to talk about it with someone in my actual life but I was talking about this with my therapist because (laughs) at I had an experience at the beginning of quarantine I want to say where I posted a TikTok the TikTok, I didn't expect to go viral, went viral. And I mean, TikTok is just like a whole other beast where the pace of the comments and the views and the DMs, it was just like every time I refreshed, there was, you know, so many more. Yeah. And I was up till three or four at night making myself miserable about it. Oh I literally God. got up out of bed and went to the bathroom and was just like going through this. I mean, just like poison for my brain. Like, what am yes. I doing in there? Yes. But I was explaining it to my therapist. It's like, if you turned on the TV and there was a TV channel where people were saying a bunch of stuff about right. you, you're right. going to tell me you're going to switch the channel? Right. you're not going to switch the channel. Right. (laughs) Yeah, but it's really hard. Like, something that I try to remind myself, and maybe this will be helpful for anyone else, is that, like, as I'm doing that refreshing, it's like my brain is going to the negative comments all the time. Uh Or it's like I'm searching for the negative comment. And I try to remind myself that it's like, these people don't know anything about me most likely that I don't already know. Like, I'm looking for some information about myself, but, like, they're not the experts on me. And, like, if there was something that I needed to be called in on, like, I'm gonna trust myself that I could handle that in a respectful way. But tens of thousands of strangers isn't that way. Yeah. No, you you have to trust that you have... You don't have to trust your own judgment, even. You just have to trust that you built a community that would tell you if there was a problem, which you have in your real life you know what I yeah. mean oh, like yeah. people who are not people who are mutuals or who are real life friends with you would absolutely tell you right right you know yeah. Yeah. yeah similarly the attitude that has helped me that that I've really discovered over taking this break is like I really want to curate my feeds a little bit better when I go back because there's just so much about other people's thoughts that I don't need to know <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like it makes me too anxious. I don't need yeah. to know. As a person with ADHD, mm-hmm. as an anxious person, mm-hmm. I as as someone aware of myself with those things going on, I often I think social pushes me to have the inclination of like, well, if I just learn what everybody else is thinking about me, then I can fix it or I can mm-hmm. make it. It's like that's not accurate, number one. And it's not true. It's not helpful. The actual helpful thing is to like reduce the amount of noise coming in so that yeah. I could actually learn from the voices I want to hear from. Yeah. But that's takes such intense boundary setting because yes. the apps are set up to do the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. Something I feel so, I, I say all the time, is just like thinking about when I was like a teenager, the amount of mental energy that I put into yes. my diet versus like now, like your media diet has so yes. much more to impact with how you feel about yes. yourself. Like being super meticulous about that is the thing that's actually going to make you feel better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It also has made me think of just being separated from the social public square, which is social media in this day and age, and also being isolated inside our houses right now. For me, being separated from both, both have made me realize how much casual fat phobia I'm constantly bracing for, Mm. you know, and how I'm not looking forward after, like, I'm obviously looking forward to after the pandemic. Like, I want desperately to have a vaccine and be out of here. But one thing I'm not looking forward to is just like once again having to be aware of eyes and once again having to be aware of people looking at me or people mm. making little comments or like, oh, did that person do that? You know what I mean? And like yeah. that stuff changes as your body changes. It happens much more the fatter I get. Yeah. And also there's some self work you can do about it, but not that's not really my job to prevent other people from being cruel to me, you know? Yes. And social media is the same way where it's like, I have opted out right now, Mm -hmm. but eventually I need to figure out what I'm, how to make this safer for me because it's the same when I, you know, I don't have as many followers as you, so I don't get as many like hate comments, for example, Mm -hmm. but like, it's the same thing where it's like, I need to remember or like work on my walls to be like, I don't need everyone's opinion. Like I can handle being out in public and like, I don't know, is this connection making sense? No, totally. That like being a part of the world, there's just like some element of risk, but like, what are you going to do to make it manageable and to make the benefits of those things worth it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's no, it doesn't feel like there's necessarily like a clear cut answer, but I feel like definitely being meticulous about who you follow. The thing is, it's like, it's not, I feel like people aren't even paying attention a lot of the time as to who follows who, you know, like, and blocking, it's just like, ugh. Doesn't matter. Freedom. Yes, yes. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to think more about it. It's wild because Instagram is where I learned about anything. Instagram is the Instagram and Twitter. It's like social is the reason I have this podcast. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, like, I so do you think that being on the circle shifted, like, or your experience there shifted some or gave you new thoughts about social media? All of it made me surprisingly actually a lot more empathetic empathetic to people who are like on reality tv but then also like just people who have any sort of public persona but also just people in general online like it's it's scary whoever you are but like the experience of having a stranger say 
hostile, violent, aggressive things to you yeah. is is violating. Like yes. it feels very scary. And like the the day that like the circle aired, my like portions of it weren't even immediately like on Netflix, but people had still found me. And the first comments I got were people like like pig emojis, like barfing yeah. emojis. And it was just like very it felt very scary. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I think I was someone in the past who when I read something that like activated me, not that I wanted to attack that person, but like you maybe there is some expectation of a conversation, you know. Yeah. But it's like that really is just not fair. Like yeah. if someone online is giving you some sort of knowledge or some sort of experience, or maybe it gives you a really negative reaction, like so long as they're not hurting other people and you know you're gonna call them out. Otherwise, like, okay, like they gave you some homework to do, go do that homework that's not for them to do with you, you yes. know? Like it could because it's going to relate to you personally in a different way. And when it's just a large volume of people people wanting something from you if it's it has a really negative tone it's really scary but even if it's just you know like positive or neutral it's just like oh I'm just disappointing everyone this sucks it's a lot of want I mean (laughs) yeah yeah. and all every obviously everything that we're talking about goes in gradations along your axes of you know of identity so like for example I think what we're talking about is is extremely obvious that it happens very much more to like black and brown people on Instagram, especially I see a lot of black creators, especially those who like who are black women and other like women aligned folks Mm -hmm. get a lot of like requests for emotional labor and not just requests, but like expectations, which is like really obviously like goes along the same lines of racism and expectation as, you know, quote unquote real life. You know, it's like the exact same things being replicated online. So it gets like worse the more axes of oppression you have and the way that society expects different things from you. And I also think that's one of the reasons that I am so interested in influencers and like, you know, every, (laughs) my friends all know that I love following like Mormon mommy bloggers and like Christian influencers because I think that they are like the ultimate of what white America is is trying to be is like that's what they're trying to portray you know what Mm. I mean like it's Mm -hmm. very fake Americana to me and so it's like such a image building thing that's interesting Mm -hmm. but what the reason I'm bringing it up (laughs) is to say they get the same slush shit we you know it's just differently focused it doesn't matter if you are white and thin and you own a chicken farm in Idaho and you're you're at is like Christian mommy chicken mom or whatever the fuck you know I gotta go follow her (laughs) (laughs) you'll still get like bitch fuck you like comments yes and some of that is useful for me to see in terms of like oh I need to realize how much of my trying to please in this way is along this axis where I felt like if I had reached perfection in some way, not that I'm trying to be like thin white mommy blogger, but you know what I mean? Like I felt if I had perfectly performed something, I wouldn't get comments. And that's just not true. Anyone gets comments. Even these people who are like Nazi brides get comments, you know? (laughs) Nazi brides. You know what I mean? You 
know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. I feel like to your point of this happening more frequently and maybe with a different level of expectation yeah. uh, depending on, you know, your identity. Yeah. I feel like what is particularly challenging is the fact that, and this goes into something I've been thinking a lot about, just about like, you know, fat people in media and representation is like, there's like a certain collateral damage that happens to that person who is the representation yeah. that like when audiences who are not used to seeing people like this as people, whatever that identity is, like they are coming in contact with new beliefs and like processing that all with you or yeah. on to you, <laughs> you know? And and it's especially, I feel like as someone who's also like struggled with disordered eating for a lot of my life, like sometimes it's really challenging challenging for me even you know like from other fat folks to hear comments where it's like okay you are really at the very beginnings of maybe having some realizations and it's really triggering to me to hear you yes where you are you know so yeah I, I that part is really hard and I it's I don't know how necessarily we get around that because what's funny like as I'm saying this is like I knew I was taking a lot of risks going on this show and going on the show in the way that I did but I thought it would spark more conversation you know honest conversation about how fat people are not treated well online it's a toxic place to be visible as a fat person but I wanted to take those risks because I was like you know what maybe someone else would have this story that is not in the place with themselves that I am that hasn't been to exposed to the ideas that I've been exposed to and maybe those new ideas could change their life could really change something for them but also so it's that it's hard, you know, like when it's like this is brand new for yeah. someone and you have to fix it for me. Oh, you totally. Know? Even within that, it's interesting how it affects different people differently because of the ways we expect things from people. I think, for example, I see a lot of the Black creators I follow get public comments on their Instagrams, like demanding explanations, you know? <laughs> Dude, I saw like, I mean, it was like peak... Black Lives Matter protest this summer, some guy commented on Alicia Keys's photo and was like, can you explain this to me? For some like white guy named Dave and she explained it to him and I was like, don't ask Alicia Keys oh anything ever God. again. <laughs> hey Alicia, Literally. real quick. Wow, that's exactly what I mean. It's just this, like, you're a black person. I, You just, you have to explain this to me. And then if there's, like, no response, then it's like, well, then why should I be nice to you? And it's like, whoa, that's revelatory and, and racist and weird. Yeah. And I, te- I don't tend to get those kinds of comments because I'm also white. And so I don't have, like, the same, obviously, it's like people aren't racist towards me because I'm white. But I tend more to get, like, DMs that are, like treating me like a mom or a big sister Mm -hmm. in like the fat friend Mm -hmm. kind of way you know or being like I need you to talk me through this problem in my life and it's like we've never talked to each other before you don't know me you know like what do you mean I have to talk you through this which is an expectation on my time but in a a different and less intensely aggressive way than Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I'm like drawing these delineations but it is an effect of not of of the point of the platform being more growth more this more that it's like not really like protecting you know right 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Do you follow Rosie B. Me? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. She has talked a lot about, you know, how specifically The Bachelor is kind of like this influencer creation machine. Yes, machine. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And how, I mean, specifically, these producers for reality TV shows are specifically creating these shows to target people who are categorized as very online. Yeah. So, you know, it is <laughs> like, I mean, just crazy, crazy experience. And it's really interesting to me with Reels and TikTok and all these different forms of media selling us the idea that you could be viral. You could be seen by everybody in an instant. You could be a star. But like at the end of the day, like that is for their benefit. Like that is what they are selling to profit off of you exactly it is not for our benefit that we no, no. are we're the product we're the product and the customer service yes <laughs> and we are so convinced that that feature that trend is for us and it's very seductive and it's very compelling but ultimately they are the ones who win most from yes. that concept always i mean yes absolutely i mean it's hard to predict like lynn wrote this question here for us in one what ways are social media apps, brands, etc., responsible for protecting their influencers and users that are fat? This extends to BIPOC folks, LGBTQ plus folks, etc. And like, yes, they should, but like that's not what their business is for. That's like asking, you know, when our cars, car company is going to start like making things better for bicyclists. Like they don't give a shit. That's not like, their thing. It's not the yeah. point, you know? Their goal is to maximize profit and to maximize right. making money off of us either through new users coming to look at the content we're creating or through ads that people get served as they scroll through for more of our content or, you know, brand deals with their with people on there who like then they get a cut or like whatever it mm-hmm. is and so when it operates like that from my political perspectives like the whole reason I'm a leftist is because I'm like yeah the government has to like tell them to stop doing that you know <laughs> 
Yeah. They're yeah. not going to, they're not going to do it out of their, the goodness of their heart. We have to like, pass laws, not. you know, to right. make them do this or that. I don't know exactly what should be done because I'm not an expert on any of this shit, but I'm sure there's lots of people who are, you know? Right. Well, so I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of like beyond just social media, but just like movies and television, but also like retail, like representation. We had during like the Black Lives Matter protests, like so many brands being called out for the fact that like we're using a bunch of super diverse inclusive models and yet like behind the scenes guess what it's not a inclusive utopia (laughs) right exactly and I'm just thinking a lot about how like whenever you know just specifically from our experiences like whenever we're putting a fat body in front of an audience that isn't used to fat bodies like we're always just paying them for the talent of being represented or for like being photographed or being a part of it but honestly like it is the media or the brand or whatever that is benefiting maybe most from the image and the trust oh, that sure. they are earning from their consumers. Yes. And yet we are doing nothing to educate our audiences like actively besides just like you know putting this person's experience on display or like internally changing our culture like we're not doing that either we're just like hey look at a fat person yes (laughs) we're really cool for including them yes exactly (laughs) and I I feel like TikTok has been really interesting in that way that you know they've been highlighting like creators of color and and, you know like some like plus size like fat folks as well and that they want to do Only after they got called out for deprioritizing them in the algorithm. Exactly. And so like what, but what are you doing for them? Because you get the clout of being, and do you remember like maybe just a year ago, I don't know if you were looking at TikTok then, but it was deadly for fat people like I mean the only fat people you are seeing were people being mocked you know like when I'm used to Instagram and the people who I follow I'm like I'm seeing like hot New York City fashion girls yes yes (laughs) I wonder if this is like I mean if we're dreaming like in the future like is this (laughs) a part of like some sort of like diversity and inclusion person is there some sort of like I think there's a lot of work to do in terms of like ethical casting. Yeah. But like, there's like a void there that like needs to be filled because we're not, we're not adequately compensating fat people specifically for their image when we're using it. Yeah, definitely. Especially with the amount of abuse that gets to them afterwards. Oh my God. You know? Yes. You know, same thing on TikTok. It's like, if you are seeing a bunch of, you know, thin white bikini models and then all of a sudden there's a fat person on your screen you're like record scratch like let me engage with this which is great for you and your views yeah but yeah like shit for the person who's on the screen totally I mean it's weird because TikTok is more like Instagram and that in the ways of sharing content meaning you post to your page and you can't really repost so a lot of Twitter's negative cycles come from retweets and then like things reaching other places that they wouldn't have reached before. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And TikTok, like the For You page is where you see stuff that's like similar to Instagram 
Instagram's explore page, but like my for you page is extremely curated to me, much more yes. than my Instagram explore page. Right. So I don't I don't have a good sense of what general TikTok is like now because I only see lesbians, fat people, and cat videos. <laughs> That's what like about all ADHD the- <laughs> TikTok? Are you I on get a- ADHD TikTok as well. Oh yeah, but the point is that I never see Charlie D'Amelio. You know, I I like barely see thin people. I see more chickens than thin people, you know. More chickens. (laughs) The algorithm on TikTok is A plus for serving me my content, you know. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it is amazing how, yeah, it's not TikTok or Reels or Instagram. It's like not their responsibility to put your content in front of people who wish you well, you know. And it, it is really unfortunate, yeah, when you get stuck on a side of TikTok that really is not about your shit, you know? Well, it's just like what happens when companies are making money off of you without an employer-employee relationship and the protections as they are that that encompasses in this country. It's not like TikTok creators can unionize and, like, be like, fuck you, TikTok, you have to, like, pay us all for the views that you're getting. You know what I mean? They, like, TikTok has that creator's fund, but that's only for some people. So, like, it's hard because, you know, we've read a lot of books this season, like Lindo Bacon's book and Sonia Renee Taylor's book that are about building community and, like, building ways of looking at the world through a generous heart and a generous space and, like, seeing each other as individuals and seeing how we fit in communities. And none of that is easily grafted onto an intensely capitalistic technology system yeah like we're all just kind of existing in it the best we can but it's not set up for that kind of work so I don't know exactly how to graft it on there no I don't either and I don't know how especially I feel like for fatties in any sort of like you know social media beauty fashion entertainment space it's like we are so conditioned to believe oh well like you're really lucky to be included so it's really Hard. I don't know how we collectively are supposed to take that back. I mean, continuing, obviously, to, like, you know, call these brands and companies out. Uh, I think I honestly think that that's what they care about most a lot of the times is people being ugly in their comments. But like there has to be at some point a a, a desire internally to want to change. Yeah. And you would hope that because I mean, uh, from my perspective, I feel like some of that would help people's bottom lines, you know, if they felt that they were trusted or safe, you know, I want to I want to engage in those spaces more, but yeah, I don't, I don't think people see it worth investing in at this time. Well, so how do you think us as the fatosphere or as our fat communities, the family, your followers on Instagram and Twitter, like your communities there, how do you think in our micro spaces, we could try to make social media safer for each other? Well, I think a big part is, and unfortunately, like that it does kind of fall on the individual, but not necessarily in a like you have to set boundaries and you have to prevent people from doing bad stuff to you. But I think the biggest self-help tool that I've gotten is just talking about this stuff with people in your life, getting on the phone and talking with someone, talking to the person you live with, like this is happening on my screen right now and I'm feeling some type of way. Huge. So, so important. And like, and I think for maybe a lot of people, 
their online space is the only space to do that. And being able to slowly curate that into your real life is just such an incredible, just so important for your own healing and your own safety. In terms of how we help each other, I mean, I think us continuing to be like sharing audiences with one another. If you have a safe audience, like sharing someone else's post. Yeah. And continuing to like expose and doing that work like on your own page so that maybe people aren't asking that of others. When you have the spoons to educate your community, do so. And then share the things that people really need to see with safe communities. I've seen a lot of people struggle with people sharing posts to audiences that are not friendly to them. And I I think if like creators are able to like not see each other as like competition, but like we all have a, there's enough pie for everybody. Yeah. I, I think there's like more of like a mutual respect. And I think like audiences see that as well. It's like connected to what I was saying before about like a lot of actions use the, use social media as a way to be the coolest, the most popular, the thinnest, the prettiest, the widest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those are what those likes are based off of. Presumably, the fatosphere is not trying to do that. You know, we're not trying to uphold those things. Presumably, we're trying to talk about fat activism. We're trying to just be existing in fat bodies and be ourselves and talk about the things that are important to us. So to me, when I think of, you know, examples of how we can destroy those things that allow creators to hold up the system that's going Mm -hmm. on, I think, for example, of the way that that our friend Carissa Enneking approaches social media, where, like, she has like a whole Facebook group for people who are trying to be plus size bloggers and answers questions all the time. Like she like, well, anybody who has a question about money and stuff, she'll try to help because it's not about like, it doesn't benefit her to be like, let me keep all this info to myself because she's not seeing it as like, it's my slice of the pie versus everyone else. It's like, no, it's all of us against like the, the, yeah, you know, (laughs) all of us together. And like the platform, we should be working together against the platform. Not, you know what I mean? I think it can be easy to feel like, oh, this person has more follows or whatever, whatever, but always keeping in mind, like, no, we're all pawns of this Mm -hmm. thing. We need to act in community with each other and, like, think about how your actions will affect other people in the community. I mean, I think most people in the fatosphere try to be very thoughtful. I don't know. I hope that we continue as a group to be more aware of these things, more aware of who gets more followers and why and what does that mean that they should do to, like lift up other creators who maybe have fewer followers and why and what does that mean we can do to protect each other in in our personal spaces and that we do control you know like you're saying about sharing things that our audiences can handle you know Mm -hmm. if you're a white person and you're aware that your audience is like mostly white people maybe you don't share something if they're not ready without being like ask me questions don't go ask this black creator questions you know yeah, a thousand percent. It's hard because these are all personal responsibility things based on individual mores. And that's not really an effective way to build a large consensus. You know what I mean? I yeah. sound like an organizer, but you know what no, I mean? No, it's so true. There's like a lot of misogyny and obviously in the way that we like trivialize like influencers yes. and content creators, you know? And, and like I've had since like deciding to do this for myself full time, people are like, well, why? <laughs> Why, do, oh why does anyone need that? But 
we pay for media all the time, you know? And and I think also like recognizing the fact that you get so much online for free that like, you know, participating in that, sharing, liking, following, and, you know, like supporting anyone in a monetary capacity if you can is huge. And I feel like it makes you like, you know, like I feel like I'm a part of it by doing that. And you are like demonstrably improving someone else's life probably that's one way that we take our power back like it helps like us get the content that we want and it helps that content continue to be made I find social is much more useful for me as an introduction to topics like Mm -hmm. if what you really want is more of someone's content then they probably have a patreon like follow you know pay for their patreon or pay for their like do this or do that or support this thing that they're doing or listen to their other podcast or like whatever because I think a lot of people will read one post or they'll read one tweet or something there's like a lot of surface level engagement in things and like Mm -hmm. what has made it more interesting to me is like when I read an Instagram post and then I think about it and then I go back to it and I think about it again and then I talk about it with somebody else outside Mm -hmm. of it and then I maybe read a book of you know what I mean like treating it like it is my real life because it is the same way I would treat a convo yes exactly and if this is a class or a book or a workshop that you are experiencing in real life that you couldn't get anywhere else you would pay a premium to experience that or have that and like what a special place we have online, but like we don't necessarily always value it in the same way. Totally. Yeah. You know, it's so when I am on social, one of the best things about it for me is seeing is literally just seeing feeds of like fat creators bodies because that's so important to me. (laughs) That's so important to me. Like that was one of the the first (laughs) things I did when I was learning about like fat positivity stuff was just like follow a bunch of fat people and like that representation as simple, like, I wasn't even reading captions, you know what I mean? And also captions weren't that, this was in, like, college, you know, when Instagram started, you know? So it wasn't, <laughs> like, what it is now. But, like, an image is so powerful, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, like, the first time I saw, like, Jessamine Stanley's account. Yes. Her doing yoga, and it was a total, like, my brain, like whoa, things were firing that I never knew could happen, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, Okay, well, I feel like we've covered this topic pretty thoroughly. We both have pretty mixed feelings about media. I think you're killing it on there and consistently have been. Oh, wow, thanks. You are. I think I, like, love your posts. Number one, they're great aesthetically. I always like scrolling past your cute little little fat face. And And (laughs) then also, I think you're... I don't know. I just think you've been smart about how you've tried to like build a little career out of this. And I hope that it continues to go well. And I hope that people are respectful. I hope oh. people treat you nicely. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank, that really means a lot. I, we, I think we were talking recently just about how this journey has been one where I've just kind of like reworking for yourself, finding like yeah. confidence in yourself again and trusting your own decisions. And it's really strange to have to rely on yourself during a global pandemic. Oh, yeah. But also has just been the exact right thing for me at the Good. same time i'm yeah. so glad yeah hopefully by this time next year instagram and tiktok will both pay you instead of <laughs> the users having to pay you <laughs> for your content yes. 
and we're gonna be in a hot tub together. And we'll be in a hot tub drinking together, drinking a pina colada, telling Siri who to text, and yeah. let's close with your favorite, your favorite meme or TikTok or tweet you've seen recently. Oh. <sighs> That's such a good one. Oh my god. Okay. This is this is going to be as all internet gems or the best internet gems like impossible to explain to you. Yes, yes, but yes. But I'm going to do my best. Um okay, on TikTok, okay. there's this like one sound that this guy keeps on he keeps on lip-syncing to it. But people, like, you can mishear it in a bunch of different ways. Okay. And the song is like, oh my god. Yeah. So, um. I've not seen this one. At first, the first one that I saw was he was mishearing it as Obama have dick. Oh my god. Then people heard it as, like, I want to have sex. Oh, my God. And then, like, it was, like, I have a pet pig. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and my God. I, like, I don't get a lot of things stuck in my head, but that has been... And it's just nonsense words that I have been singing in my head. I'm going to have to send it to you. You need to send it to me. Yeah. I have. I constantly have TikTok audio stuck in my head. They're exactly the right length for an ADHD brain loop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Though when I'm on TikTok, I feel like a lot of the time I'm just pouring Mountain Dew directly onto my brain. Oh my god, exactly. (laughs) It is exactly like that. I walk around all day with, I mean, the classic one in my head is the the Pepto-Bismol song. Sometimes I'll just be walking around and in my head I'll go, upset stomach, diarrhea, (laughs) indigestion, whatever it is. And then I'll just realize it's looping you know, in the background yeah. of whatever I'm doing. Yeah. That's the ADHD brain right there. Yeah. And that happens a lot with TikTok songs. It was happening for a while because I was obsessed with the woodchuck revolution. Did you see that? No. <laughs> this is a different circle of TikTok we're at. Yeah. There was like a, a thing where people were making fun of this song. It was like a really dark sounding version of like, how much wood does a woodchuck chuck? But like as a song. <laughs> and then people were doing like YA novel ripoffs. Like they do the sound and they'd be like me packing for my like undercover mission to the woodchucks like base where I have to steal their teeth or like whatever. <laughs> and it'd be and the song's like, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck a chuck would bump bump? And it's like really like intense. What would we do without this content <laughs> at our fingertips 24-7? Absolutely <laughs> so stupid, but yeah. so funny. So yeah. funny to me. Oh god. Okay, send me that TikTok and I'll send you some woodchuck talk. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for this lovely discussion about fat rep and media and fat shit in general and media in general i always love having you on the pod and chatting with you thank you for being on the show oh it's great chatting with you too thanks bye and that's the episode yelly do you think we did a good job of representing a fat person in the media 
I think we did, Soph. And you know who else thinks we did? User Pandozas, who left this review on Apple Podcasts. They say, you are creating a community, smiley face. Thank you for seeing us. If you want to make us laugh and cry and someday get to new and noteworthy, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We can't forget to shout out our patrons. Thank you, too. Brittany G. Transplant. Caitlin Bagley. Catherine Spirit. Ruth M. Pardee. Ashley Sewell. Kelly McCullough. Isabella Batts. Ashlyn Cheyenne Duhon. And Sarah Johnson. We couldn't make the show without you. Bye. She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Bertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. 